What's up, everyone? This is Tony Sabetta, and you're listening to Startup IP, a podcast about startups and intellectual property. In this episode, I sat down with Bolus Ibrahim, CEO and founder of Agentum Electronics, an IoT device company focused on smart buildings. Here's a snippet of my conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Happy to have you on the show. Happy to be here. Yeah, so perhaps you can just do a quick intro of who you are and uh, a bit about your company. Cool. Okay. My name is my name is Bolas uh, Ibrahim. Um, I co-founded a company called Argento, and uh, we uh, develop a building IoT platform. So okay. essentially, what we do is we take old buildings that aren't smart and we make them smart through IoT. What do you mean by a smart building? Most people don't understand what that means. Cool. Okay. So a, a smart building is a, a building that essentially is interconnected. Mm-hmm. So all the things inside that use electricity, so like the lights, okay. uh, the thermostat, the telephone, basically anything that uses power uh-huh. uh, can communicate. Okay. And uh, they can provide insights to one another. And the idea is, is that the, what makes the, this is what makes the building smart. Mm-hmm. What the building's trying to achieve is sorry, better energy efficiency. Okay. So uh, becoming more energy efficient uh, and becoming more comfortable for the users, people that use the building. Okay. So that's a true smart building. All right. And then a smart city is a network of smart buildings that can communicate with one another and teach each other. Ah, so is this along the same lines as Sadia yeah. Glad? Sadia Glad is trying to create a smart city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're, uh, I guess, like real estate developer at this point, mm-hmm. creating a, a smart city. And uh, they have like a, a lot of power and technology to do that. Um, but yeah, they're essentially creating a smart city. And so okay. a, a network of interconnected buildings. Okay, so a bit about your company. How how many employees do you have? How big, how big a company do you have? Cool, we're five full-time okay. uh, employees. Um, so not, not a massive team, but mm-hmm. not a, not a uh, small team. So okay. medium, medium-sized startup team. And you're based in Toronto? Yeah, so we're okay. co-located. We have an office downtown Toronto, which is our lab. We spend most of our time there, and then we have an office in Coburg, Ontario, which is about mm-hmm. an hour east of Toronto. And how long have you been around for? Uh, Argento? Yep. Okay, so I, I started, the, I formally incorporated the business in 2015. Uh, I was an undergraduate student. Uh-huh. Um, I worked on it part-time. I didn't really know what I was going to do with it. But uh, but I had some sort of like a goal that after I graduated, I would go full-time on, on a business. So uh, 2015, many years before I graduated. Oh, wow. <laughs> I actually wow. just graduated, but yeah. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. Okay. So, and you graduated with uh, what... Uh, Electrical engineering. Electrical engineering, yeah. of course. Of course. Me too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when did you have that initial thought that you had to have a, a business? Was it related to this particular technology? Was it okay. towards no, something? No, no, no. We pivoted many times. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I thought I, I thought I wanted a business initially because I uh, I was at a job fair actually, mm-hmm. and one of the booths at the job fair uh, was the Ryerson DMZ. They were, I guess, hiring for some mm-hmm. positions, and I I had no idea what like I knew what the word I I've heard the word entrepreneur. But right. I didn't really know um, much about like Silicon Valley entrepreneurs, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just knew when I thought about business owner, I was thinking like uh, a lot of it was like small business, brick and mortar. Like that's what I thought of as business. Got it. I wasn't really exposed to the idea of uh, mm-hmm. like who started Google, like yeah. how Google start, like things yeah. like that. Um, so that really got me thinking uh, about like what I wanted to do uh, on a career path. Um, and yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I remember when I went to school, no one thought of starting their own business. Yeah, you know, rare. it was one of you know. I hope I get a job with Ericsson mm-hmm. or you know Nortel. But now it's almost like people go to school yeah. and like I gotta start something. Business, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exposure is increasing. But I totally 
like, I would say still, not a lot of people are exposed to the idea and they still have that, like, I had the same mentality. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna graduate and go to work for, uh, I was at the time, I was like thinking AMD. Okay. So I'm yeah. gonna go to work uh, for AMD uh, mm -hmm. designing the newest chipsets. Like, Got it, yeah. That's, that's, what, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And in terms of uh, market size, how big a market uh, is this? Uh... Uh, it's, it's pretty massive. So like, like let me uh, put it, this is the way I put it in my pitch deck. Mm -hmm. Uh, there are two markets. Mm -hmm. There's the building automation okay. systems market, um, which is the automation of lighting and HVAC yeah. in buildings. That's $150 billion worldwide by 2027. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's another market that's slightly smaller but still massive. Mm -hmm. It's a $50 billion market. It's called Building IoT, and it's projected to be $50 billion by, I think, 2025. Okay. Um, and so what we're doing is trying to bridge the gap between these two markets. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're sort of like in the middle of these two markets, at the intersection. Bringing these building IoT systems to the building automation um, to make the building smarter in terms of like how it controls its lights and HVAC systems. And is there a fair amount of competition in this space, or you? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. It's a very very like hot space. Uh -huh. Very competitive. It's not saturated. Okay. Um, because it's it's a massive market. There's just so much need for it. So uh, the, the the trick is is to stay innovative uh, against the competition. And, okay. And yeah. So one of the things I remember when I first met you was that you mentioned that you had a bunch of patents already, okay. which was kind of <laughs> shocking because you're a young company and I was like, wow, you know, how did you have the wherewithal to apply for patents and actually yeah. get some issues? But how did that come about, you know, as a young company? Like when did you start talking about or thinking about IP? Yeah. Um, so like I guess like uh, I guess a lot of engineers would like come up with a technology. This is mm -hmm. one of the mistakes we made, honestly. Mm -hmm. it's like, Coming up with a technology and trying to push it on the market. Um, so in our in our technology push to the market, we stumbled upon uh, a really interesting technology that was uh, what we uh, thought of as a fundamental innovation. Um, so we then started thinking like, okay, if we if we get a patent uh, for this fundamental innovation, doesn't work out uh, like our application of the technology doesn't work out. We came to the conclusion, me and me and my co-founders, uh, that we would uh, be okay because mm -hmm. we find another application. Okay. But we really wanted protection over this fundamental uh, innovation. And uh, we knew that there were multiple uh, applications. So we uh, we sought protection over that. Uh, I mean, if I could go back in time and tell my old self to not. <laughs> like, here's the, I, the thing I tell people about uh, patents is like, um, if you have them, mm -hmm. I, I, I never say like I regret it. Or okay. consider regret it. But if you don't have them, maybe be careful uh, before you get it and maybe like understand the market a little yeah. bit better. Mm -hmm. But, um, that's one thing I wish we did, was, was mm -hmm. get a better understanding of the market before we got the patents. But the patents didn't really hurt us so much, aside from the cost. Patents mm -hmm. were actually very valuable to us. And at that time, had you raised or anything like that? Like, where was this funding coming from? Pitch competition, uh, grants, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just awards. We entered basically every pitch competition we could get into. Mm -hmm. We applied for as many grants as possible. Um, so, so really, like, uh, I guess I thank you to the ecosystem for, for providing all of that. Obviously, there was like some government support in that mix. Some of it was just like private money. Uh, some of it was from the universities. So there's so many like different. Um, you could bootstrap actually mm -hmm. and like get IP okay. if you're clever with your spending. Um, but yeah, we, we we got a little bit uh, excited, I guess, when we, <laughs> when we came to IP. Uh, we did all sorts of like um, protection over uh, these. Like, I would say this fundamental technology. We broke it up into two uh, pieces, and we got. Uh, 
interaction over those PPCs and kind of in the US. Okay, so did you have a, some sort of uh, IP strategy? No, we had, the, we had a strategy in place uh, of like how we were going to do it. So um, the way we did it uh, is I, I don't recommend this to anyone, <laughs> but like we filed the provisional ourselves. So we, we filed the provisional ourselves mm -hmm. with the USPTO. We paid however much the filing fee was. I think at the time it was 100 bucks. 100, yeah, 100 US, yeah. 100 US dollars. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we did that, and then this is the part I really don't recommend to anyone mm -hmm. because we filed our own PCT. We went, uh, so we did, uh, this is our strategy. We were going to get a provisional, uh, then we were going to get a PCT, and then we were going to figure it out. Well, obviously the reason for that was to get the time extension. Uh, so we would spend, we wouldn't have to spend so much money up front. Got it, But yeah. we could tell people that we had a, a pending, that was the real strategy there, and I, I actually think a lot of people should do that. But the, the thing that, um, that was dangerous, and we were so lucky, was uh, if you file your own provisional, Likely don't know what you're doing. Like if you're a lawyer, you spent a lot of money fixing things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so there was there was quite a bit of spending in, in terms of like repairing things. Um, we were fortunate that our, our, our even our original application was granted. Uh, that, but that was really lucky. I don't think that happens a lot. But yeah, we got like all the coverage we asked for. Okay. <laughs> we were able to fix it with bypass applications. We were able to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We were we were able to like. Um, that's why I say to founders, like, uh, identify like a market opportunity first and mm -hmm. then go for IP. Because the opposite is like, go for IP without a market opportunity and spend and uh, maybe like do a provisional by yourself, but then you risk, uh, you risk sort of like uh, losing some protection. Absolutely. Disclosure and, and one of the issues that I face uh, founders that do their own application is that they don't describe the uh, you know invention well enough or they put stuff they shouldn't be putting in the application. Yeah. And don't have broad claims that will capture you know yeah. catch a bunch of infringers and those yeah. that's just one of the things that you, know, you have to fix after yeah. sometimes you can't fix it and yeah you know that can be a problem but you know it yeah. seems like uh, you learned your lesson oh we learned a lesson <laughs> and the thing is like i thought i could beat the system and i was like in, in uh, i took it like a step further i read the, the entire patent back okay like i read the whole thing <laughs> and i read the, all the uspto like rules you the entire US patent back I read the whole thing. I, was, I told you I'm a patent fanatic. <laughs> so I read the I read the entire thing. Uh, we did our own really in-depth prior art search. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's uh, yeah. We were we spent a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. But it was still not good enough. And like we and I did it and like honestly that came as a shock to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my god. I thought we had a phenomenal application. And uh, but yeah, I, I, like getting a professionally done application, mm -hmm. I saw the difference. You can see the difference. And I was like, yeah, there's that's why there's a degree for this. That's why there's like studies that go into like becoming. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, you can you can still become a patent agent. You already read yeah. the act that you know everything yeah. about the act. So hey, you know you're one step closer. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So maybe that's the next yeah. step. That's the next step. Um, so have you been? You've been through a bunch of rounds already, right? Uh, you've raised uh, a, a number of rounds. I mean, like uh, really, like uh, I would say two two rounds. Two rounds. Okay. Um, All right. One of them I consider like I don't know if it's considered a round, but mm -hmm. it's like grads. Uh, we spent a long time just uh, going after grants um, and any sort of non-dilutive capital. Uh -huh. um, so I would call that, the reason I call it a round is because the, it was $150,000 okay. that we looked at. Uh, so that was significant. Uh, the second round was a convertible uh, debenture, uh, which was a quarter of a million. So that's where we're at now. And right now what we're doing is structuring, uh, so I would still call this all pre-seed stuff. Mm -hmm. Right now we're structuring a seed, uh, seed round. And, and now when you uh, approach investors, at what point do you guys start talking about IP? I mean, do they care that you have IP or not? We really, like, in the beginning, we would we would uh, put it up front, right? Like, we were really proud of the yeah, IP. Yeah, we had yeah. pending patents, and, like, 
patents allowed and, and mm -hmm. were later, uh, I guess, I, I have to check if they're granted, but they're allowed. They're granted. They're, from, they're granted? Oh, yeah, they're granted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So they're granted. Mm -hmm. And um, so we would, we would start with that. And mm -hmm. I think what it does is it, like, um, the investor right away, gives the impression to the investor right away that uh, this is what I, I, I got, mm -hmm. uh, was that this is a, a young group of founders that don't know anything about the market, and <laughs> they, have, they have a patent, uh, so like, they lose interest. Mm -hmm. So what we do now uh, actually works really well for us. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't talk about our IP until the traction slide, and we don't even mention it. It's there. It's there that we have two granted US patents, and uh, then then I, I look at the room, and I like see, and I can tell when people read that, and they're like, oh my god, this company has two grants to patent. Like that question's always in my head. Like, so I, I really like that strategy because mm -hmm. it, uh, I'm, I'm giving it away to any investor that sees this before I pitch. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> but I, I like that because um, it allows uh, the question to come from them. It's like, tell us about this patent. And it comes literally every presentation. Like, talk to us about this IP. Uh, what do you have coverage over? Mm -hmm. um, why do you have two patents? Mm -hmm. Right? Like that was. Uh, I, I don't recommend people getting two patents at the start because you double your cost. But uh, we got two. Well, well, if you have more to cover, you know, <laughs> you, cover, you have yeah. more inventions, yeah. and then you you gotta apply for yeah. as many uh, patents as you can. Yeah, I mean, like for us, it was, it was really like a hard decision because uh, we we knew it was a fundamentally innovative thing that had multiple applications in different mm -hmm. fields, but we didn't know if we were gonna be able to execute on any of them. Um, so, but but I'm glad we took the risk. Uh, yeah, and so that's how I treat it in my mm -hmm. pitch deck. I treat it as like a pepper it in mm -hmm. uh, nicely at a, at a key moment, and I watch out for the room, and then I let that question come, <laughs> yeah. and then I, I have uh, more of a floor to speak about. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. So would you consider this something that you, you possibly could license to uh, you know, existing mm -hmm. companies or incumbents? Yeah, for, for some time, uh, before, like, because we pivoted, we were in, we were in solar, mm -hmm. our, our patents are, like, uh, if, if anyone ever reads the patents, the most of the application that are described there, like, mm -hmm. the, Embodiments are uh, are targeted towards solar, uh, but we're in smart buildings now. So uh, for some time uh, we were we were pivoting, and I didn't know if I was quite gonna like uh, continue like working on the business. I didn't okay. know if I was gonna grow it. Uh, at the time, I was a, a team of one. Everyone left me, and uh, amicably, it was all amicable, uh, just different directions in our lives. I'm still friends with my old co-founders. Um, so I was alone at one point, and I was like, okay, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna spend some time trying to find people to license, and I'm gonna make. Uh, prototype for different applications and license them. So I definitely do think there's licensing uh, ability like available okay. yeah. for us. We're not focusing on it now mm -hmm. um, because I think the way we're thinking about it now is we want to scale eventually, mm -hmm. and we want to maintain control over all of the applications uh, of our IP. But we still have uh, a, a secret list of the applications and who would be uh, a potential licensee. Yeah, who would potentially license the tech from us uh, and. Uh, now, as a young company, yeah. I would think that you run into a bunch of legal issues that you had to deal with. Yeah. You know, are there any that come to mind that you're you're comfortable sharing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most of the like legal issues that we faced were um, corporate corporate law side. So things like shareholder oh my god shareholder agreements and like issuing at one point it was funny like I I'm, I'm okay sharing this because like it's over now like at one point we I, I was like talking to uh, a VC during due diligence and like there's no stock issued with your company I was like what I was like we wrote it down in our share like, yeah 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 he's like no one subscribed to shares I was like huh what's this what's a share subscription what is this like because um, a lot of companies like uh, in, in our early in the early stage 
we'll go online and we'll do like a there's a website you can use called Law People. Download our budget. Download a bunch of templates. That's it. Them all, like, mm -hmm. But uh, now going back and fixing that stuff mm -hmm. uh, was uh, was yeah uh, it, was, it was a good learning experience. Like I learned a lot. I would say in terms of like IP, legal troubles on the IP side uh, were more of like because we did the first version ourselves, which again I don't recommend, we had to do a lot of like uh, uh, critical back and forth with the USPTO. Yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. Of the office people, actions, yeah. Office actions, and mm -hmm. like sometimes these things, like these things all have deadlines. Mm -hmm. Oh, they all have deadlines, yeah. yeah. And we were managing our own deadlines. Wow. Deadline. So, so that was, that was <laughs> tough. Uh, some, uh, like I think there was one thing that uh, came in late and I had to like, Beg the USPTO to like show me how to like deal with it, and then we started working with uh, okay. professionals okay. who were able to like uh, fix this and clean yeah. it. But yeah, one of the things I usually get is um, it comes down to IP ownership. Mm. You know, um, uh, you have uh, yeah. employees in your company; they yeah. invent stuff and uh, they don't sign any IP assignment agreement, yeah. and then they leave. Yes, and that's that can that's be a real problem. problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I would say definitely. Uh, that was one thing we, we did. Sorry. Mm. We did all our IP assignment, yays, non-competes, non like whatever. Fantastic. We had we had every one of those things. At least even if it was like a, a, a template uh, and it wasn't like as like tight as we'd like it to be, we had something. We had some sort of like document that everyone um, had that was uh, basically saying that they didn't own this IP. Exactly. By the corporation. Yeah, that's and very helpful. Yeah, that was that was really important yeah. for us, especially yeah. because like it happens. Like a lot of a lot of companies, like uh, people come and go. Um, and sometimes like just like takes them in different directions and that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still friends with all my old co-founders. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to have to hunt someone down later and ask for that's like, true. Yeah, yeah, they're not always willing to cooperate. Yeah, <laughs> especially if they think something's going to like pop. Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. You know, why is he asking now? Yeah, mm. exactly. You know? <laughs> so yeah, so that's definitely something to watch, watch out for. So what do you do for fun, you know, when you're not, uh, you know, worrying about, you know, smart buildings and IoT devices? Oh man, let me think for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared. <laughs> what do I do for fun? Oh, I mean, I spend, I'll be honest, I spend most of my time on, uh, on our Dreadsome, on trying to scale this business because like we do have like, our, our team uh, has aspirations to, to grow the business to a significant, uh, to a significant place. Like we, mm. we really like, really do have like we have that culture we come in in the morning and uh, our goal is like we're building uh, the next unicorn okay, like uh, so we're I spend most of my time I dedicate most of my time to our jet mm -hmm. when I'm not at our jet dump, I have uh, younger siblings mm -hmm. that I uh, hang out with okay. as much as I can all right um, so I like hang out with them like I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever they're doing for fun yeah <laughs> I'll do whatever they're doing for fun yeah, yeah they're watching TV or they're watching movies so okay. I just really find what I do fun like mm -hmm. I, I really enjoy what I do so that's why I have you need a hobby. Yeah. Well, my hobby, my, my hobby was my hobby was electronics, hardware, and designing cool things. And I, I always knew I wanted to have like a pad. I mm -hmm. didn't know I was gonna be my own company. Exactly. I just thought I was gonna work somewhere and get a pad mm -hmm. in my room. But yeah, that was, that was my hobby. So yeah. I became a hobbyist for a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So what's next for Agentum Electronics? Oh, okay, cool. So we're releasing the beta platform mm -hmm. or the beta version of our platform. Um, so we're doing a few closed beta tests. Okay. Um, and uh, so we're entering into these buildings. Uh, we're collecting loads of data, and mm -hmm. we have uh, we have some interesting like machine learning models. Uh, so Saga, you know my partner Saga. Yep. So he's a he's a machine learning developer. So mm -hmm. we have some like really interesting machine learning uh, models. Um, 
you're trying to extrapolate as many insights as you can, and then hopefully enter the market in 2020. Okay. So sometime in 2020, enter the market with a commercial mm -hmm. solution um, where we have like a really tar tight ROI for the customer. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're trying to get. We're trying to get that ROI out of all this data. Okay. So really the data backbone. Yeah. Now, I noticed um, uh, in one of the articles that you were in a partnership with Microsoft. Yeah, I, that's like, okay, so um, we, we did, uh, oh man, <laughs> okay. So we worked with Microsoft mm -hmm. uh, uh, because like the, one, of our, one of our partners, mm -hmm. uh, architectural firm partners, um, is partnered with Microsoft. So okay. we're, we're not formally. Oh, I see, so, I see, okay, I see. Um, so we were using Platform for a while, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I, we went to, their, to Seattle mm -hmm. to visit their lab. We spent a week there. All right. Um, so we were, in a sense, partnered with Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I, I really like what Microsoft is doing um, in terms of like uh, uh, Azure and their whole platform. Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool. That's as much as I say. Yeah, okay, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so uh, switching gears a little bit. Yeah. So you were part of FI Founder Institute. Yeah. Yes. Why did you guys decide to join this? I mean, you guys are pretty far yeah. along. Yeah, you yeah. know, you have a yes. you know, uh, well-established company, yeah. uh, you know, you own, have a product. Yeah. Like, wh what was the advantage of you? Uh, what was the reasoning behind you? So um, for me, uh, the first, so like one of my mentors told me, he's like, hey, there's this thing called FI, mm -hmm. um, check it out. Mm -hmm. And I checked it out at first glance, and I was like, not, no way, mm -hmm. like not even close. Like, yeah. we're, we're doing, like we're in the creative instruction lab right now. Exactly, yeah. And uh, like those are miles apart in terms of like where the founders are. Uh, so, so my first instinct was like, no, I don't think so. And then uh, somehow, again, it came up. Like Founder Institute came up, I can't remember exactly but uh, uh, yeah, we got our, oh, I remember now. There was a, uh, an accelerator program we had uh, tried to get into or pitched to called G-Beta. Oh, yeah. um, we didn't get in at the time because our, their mandate didn't sort of, they were looking for social organization. Got it. We didn't match uh, so like, tightly enough. So they recommended FI to us. And that was the second time FI was recommended. And I was like, I was thinking, okay, I'll reach out, I'll see, I'll, I'll kind of like give this more thought. And I saw that Sunil, Sunil Sharma. Sunil Sharma, yeah. I saw that he was involved and I was like, okay, um, maybe maybe we can use this to get into, like, as a springboard to get into tech stories. Yeah. I was really trying to find value in it. Um, essentially what it came down to was uh, it was an excellent, I thought it would be in the beginning, mm -hmm. and it turned out to be an excellent uh, bonding experience for our founding team. So all of our founders attended uh, Founder Institute. Um, it, was, it was a good, what it was really good at doing was bringing us back, like taking us a step back back to the fundamentals and trying to really uh, get our fundamentals tight. Uh, and that's so important because like, uh, I guess like the entrepreneur's biggest enemy is blind spots. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, we, we always have blind spots. And like we're, if we were all seeing, I would have a billion dollar company. <laughs> you would have a billion dollar company. Everyone would have a billion dollar company. So, so uh, blind, I think it was really good at uh, showing us blind spots mm -hmm. um, by going back to those fundamentals and treating us like we were like early stage founders putting us in the same room as people who didn't incorporate. Yeah. It really brought us back to those fundamentals and trying to like get our, fun as if our fundamentals are right, then we have a business. That's it. So uh, I, that was really valuable. Yeah. So that's why we joined. We yeah. joined because like we thought it would be a good experience for our founding team, a good bonding experience. Um, and yeah, good networking. Yeah, and the mentors, I mean, mentors you know, are great. Yeah. You know, first class. You know, yeah, oh, I really enjoyed this program. Yeah, 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 so yeah. Yeah, yeah, 
So thanks for hosting us. Welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you guys hosted us here at Grand Bourbon. Like, no, no, welcome. Thank you. No, it was yeah. great to have you. Uh, also cool to come here once a week. Uh, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, those those good times for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I also learned a lot, you know, just by you know by osmosis. Cool. Okay. <laughs> just yes. watching you guys do your thing, you know, so no, that was a lot of fun. You know, um, yeah. So you know what? It's been super, super, super fun chatting with you about uh, you know IP about your company and you know yeah. where you guys are going. So happy that Thank you could make it. My okay. pleasure. Wish you all the best. All right. Um, so, thank you so much. My name is Bolas Ibrahim. I'm co-founder at Argentum, where we design uh, building IoT platforms. And I want to remind you to put IP on your to-do list. <laughs>